Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show, On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe is directly across Mr. From me. Mark, you sound so excited this morning. Well, everything's pretty exciting. We've got a lot to talk about today, national topics, local topics. We'd love to hear from everybody today. A marathon press conference from the president of yeah, the United States. Yeah, what was it? Almost States. two hours. I watched the YouTube. He started getting a little testy there toward the end. <laughs> well, the, but you so, notice he didn't call on Peter Ducey from Fox. No. Peter had to stand up and yell at question at him, and I don't think it was the best question he could have asked. Yeah, that was a wasted opportunity. All right, so we'll talk about that uh, with our experts. So let's tell you what's happening right now. You are listening to On the Mark, WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe McGranahan is directly across from me. He's an actual conservative. I play a liberal on the radio. And Rob Center is our fabulous producer. He's no discernible politics that I've been able to detect. Uh, but I think he's got an opinion here. Oh, there. does he? Okay. <laughs> well, maybe he yells once in a while. I don't hear it through the I glass. I hear him yelling over there from time to time. Alice. All right, but we're glad to say that we have asked for and received an opportunity to talk to uh, one of the observers of the body politic in our world, Dr. Matt Rosu, dean of the Sigmund Wise School of Business. He's a professor of economics. I first met him when he had uh, us talk about, or gave us an opportunity to talk about, experimental op- auctions and uh, what amount of grotesque images on the side of a cigarette <laughs> pack, right? You remember this? Would actually yeah, make you yeah. stop. <laughs> And was there some point yeah. when the image of a grotesque lung or a baby or something would make you stop? Did that actually work in some cases? Uh, they decreased demand. Uh, they certainly, we, we found evidence that those grotesque pictures <laughs> would cause people to have lower demand for cigarettes. Isn't that something? Okay, well, we've learned yeah. about poker and odds making and uh, uh, what else? Broadway songs? So how somebody they somebody to the barfing on a cigarette <laughs> pack would keep people from smoking. He also All introduced right. us to. <laughs> <laughs> to, to one of the finest beer makers in the world from up in Boston. So uh, Matt's been a real resource, so we're very, very much appreciative, Matt. Okay, let's uh, have you put on your economics and uh, sort of political observer hat. Uh, the president held a news conference, almost went two hours yesterday. I think uh, stamina-wise and uh, sort of intellect-wise, he did fabulous. It was the same false statements from a politician in Washington, but he did pretty pretty well delivering them. What's your view? Yeah, so good old minor incursions. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, first of all, uh, no, thanks for having me on. And, and joking just a little bit, um, you know, yesterday the listeners might not know, but, you know, saying, would I come on and would I watch it? I did not expect it to be a two-hour event. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'll watch this, of course. Um, <laughs> Sorry, buddy. But, no, it was, uh, no it's, it's all good. Um, I'll, I'll start with what I think is kind of the, um, you know, a positive thing. Um, I, I did appreciate, as an economist, hearing Biden talk about the dual mandate of the Federal Reserve. That's not something that's often in the vernacular of, of the public every day. And discussing the idea on how the Federal Reserve has a mandate both to try to have unemployment rates be low and inflation to be low. 
Now, the Federal Reserve is independent. Um, you know, at least they're supposed to be independent, but it certainly seems um, Biden is interested in having the Federal Reserve focus a little bit more on lowering inflation. So that that was interesting. That was interesting to hear. And I, I would say, you know, in terms of the positive things, I was like, oh, you mentioned dual mandate. That that might be up there for the most positive thing I heard. Okay. All right. And uh, there there have been questions about his uh, mental abilities as he ages. This is perfectly normal. It's not necessarily a super sharp <laughs> criticism or anything. In fact, one reporter even had data from a new poll saying that people question his mental abilities. I thought he did fine. What was your observation in that regard? I, I mean, he, it was a two-hour talk. Um you know, I mean, he, he was up there for two hours. I disagree with a number of the his assertions on the economy. Um, whether that's about his mental acuity or not, I would leave that for other experts to decide. Okay, yeah, I would agree with that. I didn't see anything that sort of raised red flags. Well, he also... Uh, well, here, how but, about this? but he this? did. He raised a red flag with okay. me. He talked about he overperformed. From an economic standpoint alone, Matt, did he, has he overperformed? Um, well, I, I certainly don't think so. Um, no, I, I, a fair question could be, I, I think a question was asked, like, what, what has been accomplished in the past year? From an economics point of view, um, the initial spending, there was a COVID-related spending bill that was passed a little bit less than a year ago that it, it was almost certainly not needed and probably counterproductive, and has probably led to some of the inflation we're seeing today. Um, the government has mostly been ineffective at doing much, the federal government, in the past year, for those of us who are a little bit more libertarian, not always a terrible thing. And the fact that the government stayed out of the way probably helped in reducing the unemployment rate. So that, that part's been, you know, if you want to give them credit for kind of not getting in the way on things. I think um, the unemployment rate dropping is has been good, but I would struggle to point to major economic accomplishments in, in the administration so far. Right. The number of jobless people has gone back down, and I noticed that the president, yep. this is a big lie that everybody uses in Washington, the president used it yesterday, this would have to go down in history as the other big lie, that when companies recover <laughs> from a recession and they hire back people, it's not new jobs. You know, the president said, well, we created six million new jobs. I said, no, it's just the tanking economy was able to <laughs> suck these workers back into the workplace. They're not new jobs. I don't know why they call it that. You know, it might be new on the on the spreadsheet for 2022. So that was that. Yeah, I just, I detected uh, dozens and dozens of half-truths and, and political statements. It wasn't quite as bad as the Donald Trump news conference, but it certainly was full of sort of political puffery and so on. So that was there. Well, let me ask you this. In terms of inflation, let's suppose the president said, okay, uh, I absolutely have got to get this under control. Uh, he mentioned the Fed and, the, you know, the duality that they have to live with daily. What else can a president do if he or she decides inflation has to come down? So, it's, I mean, it's an interesting thing. So the, the Federal Reserve has a lot of control over this, and this is something that economists will actually debate. And, like, who has control? You know, where is the ultimate responsibility on inflation, right? Milton Friedman, um, famous uh, conservative or libertarian economist, uh, Nobel Prize winner, has the quote, like, inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon, which 
the idea on that is inflation is just simply directly tied to the money supply, and that's it. Um, now, individual products, of course, can change based on the circumstances, right? But fixing the supply chain should make, um, we should see then the products become cheaper, right? We're seeing the increased prices for newer cars right now. A lot of that is the lower supply of new cars, which is caused by the supply chain issues on the computer chips. So that one, I think, is something, you know, product by product, there are things that can absolutely be done. Um, you know, the Biden administration early on um, stopped the Keystone pipeline, the major pipeline, right? The, the more energy production there is, the lower prices we should see for energy. You know, that's, those are things that a president could certainly do. But I, a lot of the control really would be, indeed, with, um, with the Federal Reserve and the money supply. So where do, where do we go with that? I mean, he, he has said that, uh, well, they asked him if he, if he uh, had participated in overreach, and he denied that. But yet he chose a two hour pre- to give a two-hour press conference on the afternoon when he received one, what has to be a major defeat for him in terms of his own party not uh, supporting him in uh, the, um, ending the filibuster or at least uh, limiting the filibuster on the voting mm-hmm. rights bills. So, you know... <laughs> Overreach? I think yeah, so. it's, I mean, the, I think I could. I mean, a good question, like where to go, especially thinking through where to go a, a lot, where to go on the, you know, with what to do with inflation. It's it'll be interesting to see what happens with this. Um, so, the banks on inflation, in terms of what's happening, right? Mortgage rates haven't really spiked that much. Which, I mean, these are the companies who are betting billions of dollars, right, on, you know, I say betting, but, you know, billions of dollars are at stake based on what they would expect inflation to be over a 30-year period. Mortgage rates are still pretty low, which is indicating a lot of of experts, places that have billions or even trillions of dollars at stake, don't seem to think that inflation is going to be a problem, that things will happen on this. However, with the, we haven't seen an inflation rate like this in 40 years. So it will be somewhat fascinating to see what ends up happening on the inflation rate. In terms of whether overreach or not, but that's, that's a question I don't know that I'm qualified to answer on that in terms of what he did on the debate. I did think he, he commented about seven or eight times how he could stand there all night and keep answering questions. That seems a little bit excessive, in my opinion, but, you know, hey, to each their own. Well, you know, we, we've talked about inflation, and now it's at 7%. It was at 6%. But yet, if you go to take out a CD at the bank, the interest rates are still crappy. No other way to describe it. Does inflation yep. eventually have some kind of impact on the cost of money? And if so, when will we see that? Yeah, so the it's a, that's a really great question. Um, in terms of why is inflation bad, right? Like, I mean, you could kind of start with this. Is inflation good or bad, or who is it good for and who is it bad for? In terms of reasons why inflation or high inflation could be bad, one reason is it is disruptive. Um, you know, you'd have workers, you know, if inflation rate is 7%, you have workers on a job, Usually their wages aren't being adjusted by month by month as, you know, you hear, oh, inflation rate was however much in the past month. 
So workers are temporarily losing purchasing power, even if they're at a job that might eventually adjust to correct for higher inflation. So, so there's some disruption, and there could be some temporary loss of purchasing power. Really, anybody who's received a raise of less than who have money and are seeking to invest money in a CD or um, in government bonds, if the inflation rate is higher, they really they will end up losing purchasing power at the end of this. You know, by the time they redeem their CD or their bonds. So those are two key reasons why inflation is pretty. Could, could be thought of as not a good thing to have higher inflation rates. A third reason, correcting for higher inflation rates often will cause a recession. Uh, we saw this, you know, Ronald Reagan won 49 states in his reelection bid in 1984. So, I mean, by 1984, things were going really well. Inflation rates had been tamed from the 70s, and the unemployment rates were reasonably low then. However, just before that, there was a pretty severe recession that was really caused by a clampdown to kind of kill off these higher inflation rates that we'd seen in the 70s. So that's there's a few reasons why inflation can be bad. Um, you know, winners and losers, uh, the disruption, and then also the correcting it might cause a recession. Anything else about the president's news conference that uh, you wish to share an observation on? Sure. The... Um, there's the question on inflation and is it the supply chain or is it kind of the money supply being increased or the money being distributed, the extra money being distributed and the U.S. having to borrow to do that. Uh, the inflation rate's been higher in the U.S. than other developed countries, which would indicate, yes, the supply chain might be causing some issues, but it's probably more likely um, the more likely call for it is increases in the money supply. And have you studied supply chain enough to know like what is the what's the big issue in the supply chain? You know, is it trucking or shipping or ports or worker shortage or inflation or or all this the, money we have to spend? Or yes to all of those? Yeah, that, I, I probably don't. I don't know well enough to tell you which one is which one is the specific culprit. Okay. But um, certainly, COVID caused. Among kind of threw a wrench into everything, and then for a couple of reasons. One is everything shut down, but then also some companies anticipated a much lower demand, and then ended up taking manufacturing offline briefly before realizing, oh wait a second, maybe maybe this is, was the wrong thing. Um, yeah, and then there's the issues of getting from port to port, the restrictions. There's, you know, it's like it's a grab bag of everything that could have happened has happened. At the at the end of the press conference, uh, he had never called on anybody from Fox News. Peter Ducey is their re, their reporter at the White House, and you know he has his list of people that he calls on, and largely they ask some pretty puffball questions. Two questions but, each. Um, Steve, yeah, he didn't get a follow up. Steve, du or Peter Ducey did manage to yell out a question, and I think he could have yelled out a better one, but it's an interesting question. He said, uh, in the first year of your administration, why are you so intent on dragging the country to the far left? And his argument counter to that was he liked Bernie Sanders, but he's not Bernie Sanders. You know, from an economic standpoint, do you think he's gone too far to the left with his economic policies, or is he on the right track? I, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit more libertarian in general. I generally favor smaller governments. So, I mean, with, with that, <laughs> with my kind of bias in mind, um, so he talked about Build Back Better, I believe is the acronym that he has for this. Uh, 
it's certainly in terms of the Build Back Better plan, unemployment rate's three point nine percent. We don't need this to stimulate the economy, right? An unemployment rate. Um, I would think the question any politician should be asking on various policies is not necessarily, um, you know, when, how is this going to impact the economy, but is it a good return on investment? You know, if, if it's something is building a new bridge, you know, a particular bridge that's going to last for 100 years, is it worth the monetary investment for a particular bridge? Um, is, you know, whatever the rural, you know, rural internet, you know, rural broadband internet, is that worth the particular investment? I think that's the better question to ask. I would tend to, I would imagine a number of things in the Build Back Better policy probably don't satisfactorily pass the test that it's a, it's a good return on investment. Um, so in that sense, I would probably think he's going a little bit too far. Um, kind of to the left, at least on economic policy. Yeah, I was surprised to see that he was willing to, to break apart Build Back Better and, and try to get just individual pieces through. What choice does he have? Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, it's either that or nothing. But, well, he can't even do almost the simplest thing at this stage, So because uh, the, all the Democrats aren't on board in the Senate. Uh, anything else to add, Dr. Rosu? We really appreciate you checking in today. Anything else? Yeah, we're think? sorry, Matt, we gave you a two-hour assignment. <laughs> Your homework. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was... Um, I I will say, I think, you know, it might have been the first time I watched a press conference from start to end. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. um, One other thing I would note as interesting, um, Biden talked a little bit about anti-competitive behavior, rising up, increasing prices. Uh, I find that argument a little bit suspect. In order for that to be true, um, things would have had to have become less competitive since COVID hit, which maybe there's something in that. Maybe... COVID and all of the government funding favored big businesses over small businesses, and there was a small increase in the size of businesses, which would have made things slightly less competitive. So maybe there's a little bit on that, um, but I I don't think it would be nearly enough to think about the price changes. The other explanation in terms of anti-competitive behavior, I mean, businesses suddenly become greedier over the past year and a half. You often hear, oh, gas prices are higher because of greed. Well, I don't know that greed really changes that much from year to year, right? I mean, <laughs> so so I, I, I didn't find that a very compelling argument to, to say that prices were, um, that anti-competitive behavior was a big reason for the price spikes. All right. Well, That's no, a great it. point. That greed kind of seeks yeah, its own I, level, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, and thank you for that. Well, yeah, and on, on that subject, we saw a lot of medium-sized businesses that were able to stay in business with either PPP loans or just their own reserves. Yep. or whatever. And we saw a lot of startups, you know, more startups than normal during the pandemic. So, mm-hmm. you know, business didn't yeah. really take massive hits. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Rosso. Please yes, keep us in you. touch with your good lecturers and folks that are coming over to the Sigmund Wise School of Business. We always appreciate yeah. having an opportunity to talk to them and to you. Yes, always. No, it's always always. Always fun to come on here. Thank you so much for having me. You bet. We'll have you back in person, ASAP, too, so that'll hopefully be our next visit. Dr. Matt Arosu, Dean of the Sigmund Wise School of Business, Professor of Economics at Susquehanna University, huge Broadway musical fan and a singer, so he knows how to uh, sing along in the car if if you so desire (laughs) to hear that. All right, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about uh, the news conference. We can talk about Supreme Court, 
rebuffs Donald uh, Trump's efforts to make sure that uh, his records from in office stay secret. Uh, of course, this big Senate debacle yesterday, I don't know where the strategy is there. I don't understand. I'm not a very forward-thinking person, but... Uh, you know what cracks um, me up about that? <coughs> when they passed the infrastructure bill with a few Republican votes, it was bipartisan. Mm-hmm. But uh, last night, the defeating of the uh, the filibuster, it was party line, Republicans. But it wasn't. There were Democrats there. <laughs> it was a would have been possible. So they don't describe that as being bipartisan. <laughs> I, I love that. It was. They were rebuffed by Republicans. And, right. uh, oh yeah, Kirsten and we'll Sinema ignore, and Joe Manchin. We'll ignore these two Democrats <laughs> who were in there. All right, to be continued, we'd love to hear from you. Speedy dialers don't have too much time for the top of the hour, but the conversation's open. 1-800-795-9565. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Uh, your quick impression of the news conference? Well, I th- certainly uh, he exceeded my expectations with respect to being able to stand there for two hours and remain semi-coherent. But when he said a minor incursion wouldn't be a big issue, in effect, with uh, Russia in the Ukraine, the mm. White House had to scramble, the office had to scramble to cover that one up. It's like saying, okay, well, if you only take part of Ukraine, we're okay with that. But if you take the whole thing, we're going to smack you. And the implications on Gordon Deal's program this morning, they had somebody there who talking about the implications that it's not just Russia, it's China and Taiwan. If we say that a minor incursion into, into the Ukraine is okay, would a minor incursion by China into Taiwan be okay. Which will be happening in the months ahead, according to one of our great observers out there in the audience. Another one is Stan, who's from Danville, PA. Uh, Your thoughts on uh, the other big lie that took place yesterday, the political puffery that uh, Mr. Biden had to present. Uh, Which lie? The one that he said that he doesn't know why people think he's cognitively cognitively impaired? Well, I hate to say this, but I thought, well, if you don't see it in yourself, that might have been the truest thing he said all day, that he doesn't... (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of times drunks don't know they're drunk. You know, they they need to take a test or a uh, a breathalyzer to be... Let me say I believe the president was sober. (laughs) Right, but I'm just saying, it could be that he doesn't see himself as declining. Yeah, I, I mean, the bits of, I didn't see it all. I'll admit it, I didn't watch it all. Now, I'm going to, because what I saw, oh my, we're in trouble. He gets, he was up there rambling, just incoherent. And it just, I, I, I don't know. You know Putin and Chairman Xi are just sitting back smiling at themselves because they know they have a paper tiger in the White House that will do nothing, doesn't matter what they do. He will do nothing in response. That's 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 the way it appears there. He just doesn't know what the heck's going on. 
But the, the, the one big lie that he did say was, what, build back better isn't going to cost us anyway? Somewhere in there I've seen a clip that he said something like that again. Right, that's political puffery. That that's the other big lie. That you know, every politician tells lies that relate to their ideas and things that they say will happen and won't happen. That seemed normal to me. I was I was also you know sort of pleasantly surprised. He was as lucid as he was, and did very little rambling. If you saw a clip of him rambling, that would have had to have been you know compiled together. No, from but just he never a few goes from, he never goes from point A to point B. He always goes to A to Z to X to Y to B. <laughs> You know, which is kind of infuriating because, like all politicians, you ask him a question, he gives you the answer he wants to give you, not right. necessarily responsive to your question. I appreciated the reporters who, after he, they asked him a question, he didn't answer it. For their second question, they asked the first one again. So <laughs> there were a couple of the, a couple of those. Anyway, well, you know, you, you, you can't you can't answer something when you have no clue what you're talking about, what he's talking about. Well, so. I, th- I thought it was interesting because his defenders in the media were rushing out there immediately. But the Washington Post, Jennifer Rubin, gave the press a C minus and Biden an A minus. I'd reverse that. <laughs> uh, time will tell. We're in trouble, though. All have right. a great one. Call, Call back if, if you got more yeah, to say. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is the number Stan used that you. You can use during the 9 a.m. hour. We can stay on this topic. Of course, we got the U.S. Supreme Court uh, talking about President Trump's records, the news conference, the Senate failure of the filibuster vote, and the uh, voter uh, voter rights bill. It's called. Uh, we can talk about that or local issues. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark I'm Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. <laughs> Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I told Joe he's got to watch the whole news conference from beginning to end. Right. It'll be two hours you That's never get That's my punishment. Back. <laughs> right. <laughs> you should be made to suffer. All right. Welcome on board, everybody. Well, we made Matt suffer. Why not? <laughs> WK. Yeah, Dr. Rosu. <laughs> well, and I kept, as I was watching, I watched it on YouTube afterward. I kept looking in the same time for a podcast, an audio podcast that I could speed up so that it would go faster, you know, like when right. you listen to a podcast, you don't have to listen to it the normal speed, you can speed it up uh, but I couldn't find anything, anybody that speeds up video. <laughs> One part I did hear the president say, how long is this going to go on? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well welcome on board everybody, that is one of the topics we have discussed and can continue to do so if you wish. The president held a news conference yesterday, and Lawrence is again worthless observation, he did remarkably well in terms of being a lucid speaker. Trouble is, it's just the same old, uh, same old political uh, spiel. So um, that's, uh, you know, that's just a quick observation. We'll ask Joe's view on this in greater detail. But we'd love to hear your opinion. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com or text us at 70236. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, include the keyword OTM. If you send us a text, there's been other national and local news stories you might want to 
to weigh in as well. Uh, the Sunbury Motor Company is our sponsor of the On the Mark show. So 1-800-795-9565. Some very brief news headlines. Turns out it was an Oklahoma man whose body was found under the Green Bridge in Penns Creek recently. It was last Friday that uh, his body was discovered. No details on the case are being disclosed other than the fact the confirmation, as was widely talked about on social media lately, that it was the body of a 25-year-old man from Oklahoma. Colby Cooper uh, was his uh, name. Snyder County has launched into the Law Enforcement Treatment Initiative. It is funding from the State Attorney General's office, and the State Attorney General was in Snyder County yesterday for the kickoff. Did you go to this news conference? You're the head of a police department. I was there. Yes. Oh, good for you. Okay, Mayor of Shemokin Dam. Uh, McGranahan was there as civilian head of the Municipal Police Department in Shemokin Dam and as just a good regional leader. And uh, nonetheless, Mike Piazzo, Snyder County DA, says this will change, in a manner of speaking, the focus of police. Folks with low-level offenses, whether it's paraphernalia, simple possession, minor theft crimes that have their root cause in addiction, those offenses can be diverted. We can withdraw charges if they successfully enroll and complete the treatment that they need. I know firsthand the devastation that drug overdoses brings to our communities. The Letty program is designed to do two things. It's to save lives and reduce crime. Uh, there's a hotline number for the Letty program at WKOK.com if somebody does uh, wish to seek assistance through this uh, particular program. No, it's a great program, and we're lucky to have Mike Piazza as our DA, and, and the Attorney General has certainly been more than willing to work. I think he said they're now, thir we were the 13th county to adopt the program. You know, and apparently it takes quite a bit to get it started, and the DAs work very hard with the municipal police and others to get it accomplished. And the goal makes sure that uh, individuals who wish to step forward uh, before they have an interaction with law enforcement can contact law enforcement, and that'll be they'll They've make actually, sure that uh, the DA said there have been instances where that's happened. Okay. But you know, now they'll have the facilities to and the the me mechanism to help them. Okay. All right. So if you wish to comment on that, the Letty program sounds like a win-win-win across the board. And Josh. Shapiro was here yesterday, of course, candidate for governor and currently the state's attorney general. Pennsylvania recorded fewer than 20,000 new statewide COVID-19 cases for the second straight day. Doesn't sound like much of a bonus, but previous days have had uh, 20 to 30,000 cases, 379 new cases in our area and slightly more hospitalizations locally. Finally, could a piece of chewing gum help save your life? Well, the answer is yes if you're trying to fight off coronavirus. Researchers at Penn School of Dental Medicine say chewing gum laced with plant-grown protein traps and neutralizes the COVID virus. They report the gum can lower viral load in saliva and potentially reduce transmission rates. Researchers also indicate viral loads found in the saliva of vaccinated people are quite similar to the unvaccinated, so it's thought the gum's neutralizing properties were especially effective in that regard. As always, more study is needed. I'm David Payne, News Radio 1070, WKOK. He didn't give the brand name. Not your dentine. It's uh, plant protein loaded gum at the University of Pennsylvania. You have oh, to no, go to where Philadelphia. Would we find that? <laughs> yeah, it's in a still in a test tube at Penn, so you gotta go down there. It's an Ivy League gum. It's not for you. You're well, I prefer tea berry if right, you're working class <laughs> gum. All right, Tom, thank you for wading through the headlines. Sorry about that. You're on the mark. Yeah, that speech I thought he did a pretty good job yesterday. Yeah. Some of the some of the highlights that I liked is when he uh talked about the uh, 
how the Republican Party was afraid of Donald Trump. I thought that was a pretty good highlight. Okay. There. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we're listening, we're listening to, you. to you, Tom. I thought it was a pretty good highlight when he talked about how disgusting it was and how unbelievable it was that people would make fake documents and have 16 people sign them and try to steal the election with fake documents. I thought that was pretty, uh, I thought that was one of the highlights. Of course, I'm sure Joe didn't and some of these other listeners, but it's true that it did happen. <clears throat> and I think it was a highlight when he talked about the uh, Afghanistan war that uh, no matter how long it would have gone on, there was it was never going to end good. I thought that was a good highlight. Those are just some of the some of the highlights that I thought were good. How about when he yelled at the Phil Wegman, the reporter, and yelled at him, "Go back and read what I said." When all Wegman did was quote him exactly. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he quoted him exactly or not. I don't. I don't know that. And Fox says he did. Well, Fox would say anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> sometimes it's yeah, he, com- he compared pe- he compared people Fox who disagree with him. Should, he compared people he who disagree. Tom, he compared on people. He, he, did, he did call on Newsmax. Okay, but he compared people who disagree with him to racists who all happen to be Democrats. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm just giving you the highlights that I like. Okay, I mean you you didn't, you weren't going to bring them up. Well, I, I didn't say he did a terrible job all the way through. I, I admire, I mean, I think he exceeded my expectations just by being able to stand there for two hours. Yeah, that would be even impressive if you could even do that. You know what? I could do three. <laughs> oh, <God>. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, but you wouldn't make any sense because you don't make any sense every day. <laughs> so it doesn't matter whether you can stand there, it's what comes out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you, that's the way you feel, Tom. That's the way you feel. you got to insult me. I don't mind. i got big shoulders. <laughs> and, on, and on this voting yesterday you guys were talking about, you know. You mean the bipartisan vote to stop the... the well, uh, but I'm talking about what they do about how they try to keep people from voting. They, they take and they put them in when they get these large minority districts, they move the voting machines way far away so people can't get to them. And then they, instead of having enough machines so people can vote, they put a couple machines in so people are waiting eight, ten hours standing in line to vote. And that's done purposely. That is done purposely. But there's no law that says that's the way it has to go. I don't care whether there's a law or what the law is. They're doing that on purpose to keep people from voting. Who's who's doing it? Who's doing it? The Republicans, the people that are controlling those, those areas. So how are they doing this? There is no. Well, I don't know, Joe. I'm no expert on, it, but that's what they do. That's what they do. They move the this. They move the place where you vote far away, as far away as they can, that they can get away with it. But if so, and then they make and then they don't have enough voting machines. But Tom, voting is done by precinct. They can't uh, move Joe, it out of the. Can't move it out of the precinct. precinct. And they move the things as far away as they can from the most people. On the pre- yeah. Try to twist but the precinct precincts aren't that big, Tom. It's not like it encompasses oh, Joe, a whole you city. Know, Joe, you live in a big city. You, you, the, the precinct of Shemokin Dam isn't very big. I will say that. 
Well, look at Sealands Grove. They have what five? A couple well, of wards. They have. We're not talking about Sealands Grove. We're talking about Cleveland. We're talking about Chicago. We're talking about places that are big. We're not talking about rinky-dink places like Sealands Grove and Shemokin Dam. Hey, hey, watch yourself. <laughs> All right. I, I, there was a woman on TV this morning that that gave two good ideas. That that I don't know how anybody could vote against. Make voting day a holiday that that nobody has to work. Oh, brother. And make a law, make a rule that you cannot you cannot wait in line longer than 30 minutes. <laughs> All right, we got so you. So what happens on the Those 31st? would be good things, and I don't see how anybody could vote against that. What happens if I'm there for 31 minutes, Tom? What's the net effect of uh, that law? What what happens at 31 minutes? Oh, I'm no, still there waiting. No, you're telling me that they, the, there's John, a law saying you can't wait more than... They know these areas where people are waiting in line eight, ten hours to vote. They absolutely know where they are because they are made that way on purpose. And there's no reason why they couldn't have more places to vote and more machines so that wouldn't happen. It's All right, we got you, Tom. Purpose, there's no question about it. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks for I calling in. I question that. Very much appreciated. Stan, you're on the mark. Uh, you get another couple of minutes. Go right ahead. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, Tom, Tom's saying about the election. Now, Schumer, my understanding is when he was trying to get this thing passed the other day, the voting thing, the voting uh, the voting takeover by the Democrats. But anyways, he was uh, citing a county in Georgia about, a, and it's a rural district, rural county, about there only being one drop box and maybe one or two polling places, and he was calling them a bunch of racists. Take a guess of who controls the elections in that county? Take a guess. Uh, Democrats? Nah, I don't know if it's Democrat, but it's a black woman. Oh, okay. And basically, he was claiming that it was racist because they were trying to keep the minorities away from the polls and making it harder for them. And this woman's like, really? Really? I'm, I'm going to take and make it harder for the black man or woman to vote? So that's that's the stupidity that's coming out of the left. Now, as far as Tom goes in his holiday, that's great. I don't have a problem with that. Make the election day a holiday. But not everybody's going to have off. Martin Luther King holiday was just this past Monday, correct? I didn't have off from work. And a whole <laughs> lot of people didn't have off from work. Well, they'll shut down hospitals and close up police right. departments and fire departments. And what happens? Right, if, right. What, what will happen? People will do something else that day besides voting. I it's going to become a, a day huge off. election day <laughs> sale. They'll have a picnic. <laughs> <laughs> Still pretty and well. Do we May make 17th. both primary day and general election day holidays, or just one? Well, yeah. I mean, as far as the pri- all the primary day is, is for the political parties, which are private organizations, to select your candidates. I'm not even sure we should be, you know, the the state should be paying for that. Now you sound like Cindy. It, that's the way it's set up. But <laughs> okay, but still, yeah, in the fall, in the fall, there are still only usually two viable candidates: the Republican and the Democrat. Sometimes, once in a while, a Libertarian or a Green Party candidate will get some serious votes, but not often. Well, that, that's partially the way the system's set up also because it's, it's a lot harder for those non-party candidates to get on the ballot, correct? Very much harder. You're right. So, I mean, that, so the system's set up to favor the two political parties, which it is what it is right now, and, and I don't know what's going to ever change that because the two political parties are in power and they would have to vote against their own interests to change it, which I don't see happening. But as far as, you know, the election laws 
preventing minorities. That is such a bigoted, racist statement, in my opinion, to think that people of other races other than the white man can go do what they need to do to vote. That is so racist. I, I don't understand people thinking that way. Well, it's like Tom saying they move the voting place as far away from people as they can. Precincts don't. But still to, in the precinct. Precincts right. don't tend to be enormous in any city. I mean, they're they're of some size. Well, the goal is to make it inconvenient, not specifically to yeah. make it impossible, so that you so can't some of walk that suppose there. Was being done in Atlanta, correct? In Georgia, well, we're talking Georgia. Right. A lot of that is supposed that there's what they were complaining about was done in Atlanta. Who controls Atlanta? It sure isn't the Republicans. No, and uh, and uh, the state doesn't determine where each the state voting place is. The counties, this? the counties determine where the voting places are. All right, to right. be continued. Thank well, you so much, Stan. Thanks for checking in. All right, have a good Appreciate one. that. All right, Thank we'll you. take more comers. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Lower right hand corner, Joe says. Tom, why do you spread the lie about voting? Okay. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We'd love to hear from you. President Biden was just like President Trump at the microphone yesterday, <laughs> giving political half-truths. So uh, it's uh, just more of the same. 1-800-795-9565. Maybe you have another topic you'd like to discuss. we got an open day going. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at onthemarket.wkok.com, upper right-hand corner, while we're, before we finish All the right. filibuster Learned over the weekend that our grand Senator Casey signed a letter, along with 25 other Democratic senators, addressed to Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer back in 2017. This letter stated their unwavering support for the 60-vote filibuster and its elimination would be the end of democracy. Apparently, Casey's <laughs> signature is worthless. All right, we got it. All right, we got a caller lined up, but we'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark, 1-800-795-9565, lower right-hand corner. Right, uh, the cities that Tom speaks about are run by Democrats. So are Democrats causing voter suppression? Chris, what's your answer to that? Are Democrats causing the voter suppression well, issues? Well, uh, guys are all wrong again because those things have been happening. In, a, in Georgia, I think it was, they actually took it away from the local authority to decide these things and made it up to the state legislature or a larger or, a, or a, some subsection of the administration that was Democratic, or that was Republican-controlled. 
Okay, but isn't that likely, zero. Chris? Isn't that likely to? Let's say you're right. Isn't that likely to backfire? I mean, they well, elected so two. Well, let me finish the question. They elected two Democratic senators okay. in Georgia, so I mean, the Republicans put something in place, and now you're saying that the Democrats might wind up being the beneficiary of it. How so? Because the power levels could shift. They could elect a, rep- a Democratic legislature in Georgia the next time out. They elected right, two, two Democratic senators. The way it is, right. Sure. I believe that. Okay. <laughs> but you're, you're wrong about a lot of things today again. I, I don't know how you do it so often. <laughs> well, you if you only really watch Fox, <laughs> if you only watch Fox, that's what he happens. He may be talking. He, you as a... Singular and plural. He may have been speaking to both of us. Well, I, I'm always wrong with it, but that's well, nothing let's, new. Let's let's uh, first of all, uh, you use that same bipartisan trick. You always were saying about how the first impeachment of uh, of uh, there was bipartisan opposition to the Trump's first impeach, impeachment because a couple representatives voted against it, and you you did that constantly. And I remember needling you back when I, it said that the vote to uh, impeach Donald Trump in the Senate was, or to convict Donald Trump in the Senate was bipartisan. Just to needle you, I'd always say that because of the way you always used it, and then all of a sudden you dropped it when they with the Senate vote. And the true is true is the second impeachment. Okay, so but, hypocrisy abounds. But, uh, you're, you you use it exactly the same way, and. But you were also wrong that that the vote on the bill that they were talking about that was straight party line. Cinema and Mansion voted for the bill; they voted against ending the filibuster. Right. But the bill itself, that bill was voted down. Was 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 a straight bipartisan vote because both those senators voted for it. No, it was a straight partisan vote, not bipartisan. Part straight, yeah, partisan vote. You're correct. Thank you. Yeah, I tell you when you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, those those things have have been going on in Georgia. They they also another trick they've been using in uh, c- cities where there's large black populations, but the city government or the town government is Republican, is uh, the, the, the voting area in the, in the black areas, they'll do it someplace where there isn't bus travel to. There's no public transportation in oh, that okay. area. And then you have to walk a half a mile or a mile. So that's, mm-hmm. that's another trick they've been using. And all the things that Tom said, yes, they have done in certain places. Georgia, Indiana are the ones I remember doing it, and Texas. And uh, Texas is now controlling where Houston can do things okay. in their local government. But, Chris, here's, so, here's the deal. Sooner or later, everybody is inconvenienced by what they have to do to vote. We can't make it absolutely easy for everybody in every instance to vote. It's going to rain certain days, and that's going to keep some people home. Should we hold up the election to a sunny day? You know, somewhere down the line, people are going to be inconvenienced. Right. If it's more so blacks, what's the problem with that? Yes, but they're they're intentionally. I, I, they even uh, they even admitted in several states that they were uh, targeting 
the the uh, the Democratic vote. Well, who admit, Democratic who admitted vote, they were changing the regulations? Okay, who admitted that? Where where is that? Uh, where did that I, happen? You know, that was six months ago, ten months. You expect me to remember a name? Well, like you're that. quoting it. I but would think you'd remember. It. State official, I remember the event. You, well, you're quoting it. You would think you'd remember it. You, you can, yeah. I, I think you'd know about it if you wanted to, too. But you obviously <laughs> don't. Fox doesn't cover it <laughs> because you don't really look look at those. Well, things. I'm asking you to enlighten me. You're the one who brought it up. I'll admit I haven't heard of it. I'd like to well, hear about because it because you you talked about it because you claimed it didn't exist, and I know it did exist. <laughs> But you don't know where. But you know well, it did. Because I haven't looked it up in the, in the five months, and it was uh, in the in a one state. I just repeated that. Why do you make me repeat myself? Well, because you're I not making any you sense. The and explained <laughs> it, and then you repeat the question. You don't do that all the time. I'm asking you to enlighten me. You you call in with information. You say you have it, Google but then it, Joe, Google it. You're capable of googling. I'm Go doing that. So what, what would be a good work. what would be a good you, Google I'll question? Call you up, I'll call oh, you What would be I, a, I, well? Just say I couldn't find it. Anywhere. I have it. And hey, Chris, you if you would okay, stop talking that? for a minute, you if you'd stop talking for a minute. I would be telling you that I have a computer right in front of me, and I'm starting the Google. I'm saying Republicans admit. Yeah, I, don't, I don't need a blow-by-blow blow, uh, account of your Google. Yeah. All right, we'll let well, them Google. Obviously, while we take a you break. don't really want to know. You don't can't yes, prove I it. I do want to know. I do want to know, but I don't. I, you're taking up the time. I can't talk about other things while you're doing that. All right, I? we'll give you one more minute since he no, took I'm up some give, of your I'll time. I'll give you two more minutes. <laughs> okay. Uh, I want to say something about the Constitution. The Constitution is a very flawed document that deserves high praise, and, some, and in some senses, the flaws in it are beneficial in that they are ambiguous about certain things. But that also creates a lot of loopholes that bad people in office can use. And that's the danger of putting men like Trump in office. All right. They're flawed, corrupt people, and they set very bad precedents. And I will include in these bad precedents is having to impeach him, having to uh, perhaps convict him when he's out of office, having to investigate him while he's out of office. Those all set bad examples. But on the other hand, sometimes you're forced to do it bad people set bad precedents that damage the country. And that's why Trump is a disaster for this country. And I said that from the beginning. All right. We got you. Thank you so much, All Chris. Right. Thanks for checking in. I know, find out Republicans I know he doesn't want to hear this, but it wasn't they. It wasn't the Republicans who admitted this. The only thing I find is from Florida, where the Palm Beach Post revealed that a former Florida GOP leader intentionally designed restrictive voter laws to limit votes from Democrats and people of color. It wasn't last year. It wasn't in Trump's election. It was in 2008. Okay. But that's, that's now... 18, 19, 20, 21. That's there was a big story in Politico ago. and some other... 
14 uh, people years that old. cover the news objectively last year. About the guy's no longer in power. Th- he's that's no longer not the one. Keep looking. Keep oh. searching. You're only that's on... the one that came up. Well, <laughs> and, oh, Google gives you just one result. <laughs> okay, I got in you, In this Joe. case, it did. Joe has special Google. It's called <laughs> 10 Years and Older Search. All right, we'll take a quickie break. 1-800-795-9565. we got some great emails. We'll read them on the radio, but we'll take more of those on the mark at WKOK.com. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com. Text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. You can call us. We're the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show. On the mark, 1-800-795-9565. We're still doing a post-mortem on the news conference, but we can talk about other topics, too. It's an open day on WKOK. All right, welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I found an NBC.com uh, article from last year in about two seconds. It says an attorney for Arizona's Republican Party offered a blunt reason for his presence defending the state's voter restrictions before the U.S. Supreme Court Tuesday. The measures disadvantage Democrats. The U.S. Supreme Court is hearing arguments over Arizona voting restrictions in a pair of consolidated cases challenging a state law banning ballot collection and a policy that taught ballots cast in the wrong precinct. Democrats have sued, saying the rules discriminate against minorities and violate Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act. The case could have big implications outside of Arizona if the justice create a test for how to evaluate such voting rights cases. Quote, what's the interest of the Arizona RNC in keeping, uh, say, the out-of-precinct ballot disqualification rules on the books? Justice Amy Coney Barrett asked, referring to legal standing, quote, because it puts us at a competitive disadvantage relative to Democrats, said Michael Carvin, the lawyer defending the state's restrictions. Quote, politics is a sum-zero game, and every extra vote they get through unlawful interpretation of Section 2 hurts us. So what he's saying is that the Democrats put in place something that was at seriously disadvantaging the Republicans, and the Republicans fought back. That's not the same as saying the Republicans admitted they're trying to suppress votes. No, no, no. This is, the Republicans put something in place in Arizona, and uh, one of their leaders actually accidentally admitted why they did That's not it. what you just read. You said that the Democrat disadvantaged the policies in place disadvantaged Republicans. So they were fighting for equity. You like equity, don't you? Yeah, yeah I read it wrong. wrong. Democrats have sued, saying the rules discriminate against minorities. The case could have big implications outside of Arizona if the justices create a test for how to evaluate such voting rights cases under the voting rights legislation. Amy Coney Barrett said... What's the interest of the Arizona RNC in keeping, say, the out-of-precinct ballot disqualifications rule in the books, unquote? Uh, and then the... Uh, he said it disadvantaged Michael Carvin, a lawyer defending the state's restrictions, says, quote, because it puts us at a competitive disadvantage relative to Democrats, said right. Michael Carvin. The existing law disadvantaged the Republicans, and that's why they were there arguing against it. The well, same thing Democrats do every time there's a voting rights but listen, law. But listen, and when he says that it's not that the law puts them at a disadvantage, it's the fact that it makes it unfair for Democrats. Now listen carefully. Politics is a zero-sum game, and every extra vote they get through unlawful interpretation of Section 2 hurts us. It's the difference between winning an election 50-49 and losing one. And who said that? 50. The Republican. The Republican lawyer. In right. Front of Read the it US again. Court. And then listen no, to I what you're saying. No, I get why you're saying that. But the fact of the matter is Republicans controlled Arizona, put this in place, and he admitted to the Supreme Court that the goal was to make it harder for Democrats to vote. It's plainly obvious, but <laughs> well, your that's bias not what doesn't. You read. <laughs> 
Well, that's what I see anyway. Okay. All right, folks, what do you think? You all heard it too. One eight hundred. If you're conservative, tell me I'm but wrong. Again, it's one if you're attorney. liberal, tell it's, me I'm right. It's not the Republicans admitting they did this. It's one attorney's explanation of why they're in court. You know, big difference between all these Republicans admitted they're out to suppress votes, which right. is what we were told. Well, they felt as though And you found that story, and I found one from 2008, oh. <laughs> which I read earlier. You do recall that. Right. Okay. 1-800-795-9565. We'll take more comers. Uh, either one of these. All right. Well, not um, to te- don't read the text. And I won't. I can't even see it. After one year, the guy who thinks he's president had a two-hour press conference, and the media is gloating that he was able to withstand all that time and mostly softball questions. (laughs) Trump did conferences frequently and took questions all the time, but was blasted by the media as a dictator and a horrible, mean, orange man. Now, after four years of being president and one full year after supposedly losing the election, the media can't go one day without talking about Trump and trying to find anything they can to keep him from running again or finding something in his past business dealings that they can go after with him. After all of this, I've come to a conclusion. Trump may be one of the cleanest politicians we may have ever had. Oh, that's I can true. Hear, I can hear Mark snickering now. No, no, that's a true <laughs> statement. He hasn't been, I don't think he's been arrested or convicted of anything. No, he, he hasn't. I don't think so. But think about it. Since before he was elected, they have been trying to take him down but he keeps on going. Signed by Doug. All right. Well, and, I think... Uh, and Doug, I was, was watching him. He didn't snicker. With all these press sprays, was President Trump one of the most available presidents in recent I memory? think he was. Yeah, I think he was pretty I available. Think, sometimes I think it worked to his disadvantage, you know, because well, it just gave them more fuel would, to the fire. He would, he would say whatever he wanted to. <laughs> but, uh, well, and I think another reason he keeps getting brought up is because he hasn't gone away. You know, most other presidents fade into the background. I mean, look at like President Obama. We might talk about his policies or decision-making, but we don't talk about anything he's doing. But Trump is demanding people kiss the ring, and he's hoping to primary anybody who doesn't go with his... He is? Um, where, did, where did he say that? I'm going to primary anybody who disagrees with In me. Arizona over the weekend. He said if that. If you don't support the 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 big lie and the things that he's you know working toward then they'll find somebody to primary who's, who's they which they republicans that say that they're against trump or don't fight for him or don't uphold the big lie like uh, doug believes the big lie says the guy who thinks he's president but uh, he is the president he doesn't just think he's president so i think he i think the president uh, president biden won the election fair and square uh, I don't. I think there were anomalies. There were things that should be checked on, but I don't think they would have changed the outcome with a five million vote plurality. And if somebody could figure out how to how to forge five million ballots, I'd, without being detected, I'd say they are the smartest person I've ever heard of. Well, in every every precinct, you know, you have Republicans changing things so to change Republicans. you think they're going to primary me? You think I'm going to be primary? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Thank heaven. <laughs> Get Joe out of office after 40 short years. He's through. Uh, how, how long have you been in an elected office? 40? Well, um, before ch- coming here in Chambersburg, four years, and I've had um, about 30 years here. Okay, 35 years is enough, Joe. We're going to primary you. <laughs> but anyway. All right, uh, upper right-hand corner, and then Bob's patiently Said in March 2013, while speaking about domestic abuse, Biden compared strangulation and sexual assault, very dangerous, to the garden variety slap across the face, which is still unacceptable. Yesterday, he mentioned minor incursions regarding Russia and the Ukraine as if they are expected and implied they will not be severely dealt with. So, 
As long as Putin only commits garden-variety slap-grade incursions in the Ukraine, no big deal. <laughs> Who believes Putin would ever be intimidated by this shell of a president? All right, well said. Thank you so much for that email. Bob, as requested, you are on the mark. Oh, good morning. <clears throat> uh, first off, I, I, I think you're trying to say, Mark, you're trying to say that... Uh, <clears throat> the Democrats are squealing because the Republicans plan to steal elections by blocking Democrats' efforts to steal elections. That's the way I get it. <laughs> yeah, that might I think be. you got that, that right. That might be yep. the ultimate interpretation. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I wonder, I wonder who said, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black. I believe that was Mr. Biden. Yeah, that was about two was. short years ago. <laughs> Now, you'll probably have to translate this for uh, Tom and Chris, but uh, what what I got from them saying was that uh, Biden stood up there for two hours and uh, there was no discernible flatulence coming from his uh, penal orifice. All the discernible flatulence were coming from the oral orifice. All right. That's a rather graphic way of describing it. <laughs> I guess that's all I have today. Okay. Oh, yeah, that was a great contribution. Okay. Thank you. We got you. Thanks for calling. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. We'd love to hear from Joe. We, we got a text fest. A text fest, okay. Going on. Oh, I guess I got to hang up the phone. All right, let uh, the beginning. Go ahead. Joe, the 2020 vote came down to a slim margin in battleground states to win the Electoral College. Five million votes, not necessary. No, but that was the plurality. Oh, my gosh, she had many more right. um, um, electoral college votes. All right. Uh, let's see. Allowing voting out of precinct and third-party ballot collection is a recipe for fraud. And I agree with that. Why should you be allowed to vote outside your precinct? I don't think people do it intentionally. Well, that's what that law you were just spouting about was about. Voting outside, they allowed. They had a restriction they have to against hear the it. Full argument about that. I, I, I think that you could make an argument on both sides. If somebody's doing it mistakenly, throwing out someone's ballot because well, it was placed in the wrong mailbox. Our next texter says, "In the wrong place." Arizona banned third-party ballot collection and voting out of precinct. Oh my, the horror! <laughs> now, what's so horrible about that? Why is that voter know, suppression? That. But I think, obviously, they know that Democrats occasionally do that, whether legally or illegally, in, in this, which is the current case. And it's uh, as the lawyer succinctly placed, it's a great way to make All sure right. these Democrats... Should you ballots. allow a third party to collect ballots? Um... And then hand them in. I guess if it's if it can lead to fraud, we probably shouldn't do it. I can see why Democrats and Republican Party leaders would want to collect ballots from all their good friends so they could get make sure they get turned in. Well, it's the Democrats who are doing this, not the Republicans. Aren't arguing. There's in no favor Republicans of it. anywhere at all. Whatsoever They're not in arguing the world. in favor of it. They're arguing that it'd be curtailed. But but, I, but to answer my question, there's no Republicans anywhere at all whatsoever in the U.S. Listen, that have collected any ballots. If there's a rule that says you can do it, I'm sure if any party finds it to their advantage. Okay. To do, they Thank will you. do. Uh, but that doesn't mean we should permit right. it. Yay, Chris. We have the demented old fool in the White House now. You want to talk corruption? 
another the email. The Constitution, text. the Constitution is the greatest document ever written. There you go. Chris admits his Trump hatred. And then Chris spreading more fairy tales. Thank goodness we have Chris to point out how wrong everyone is and that he is all-knowing. <laughs> Says one of our all-knowing men out there, so we appreciate that. All right, 1-800-795-9565, last break of the day. Speedy dialers now weigh in on our important conversation. Maybe there's something else. One of our good uh, listeners sent us a note and said, it's time you talk about pit bulls. He thinks they're dangerous. What's your view on that topic? We'd love to hear from you. Somebody sent us uh, the first four chapters of War and Peace. Can we read that if we have enough time? Well, we have enough time, we can. Okay. Um, maybe, uh, Craig, if you could make it more succinct, that might be helpful. But in any event, we usually read the first and last paragraphs of exceedingly long emails. Oh, Cindy's calling. Let me, I don't have to take the break this split second. Cindy, go right ahead. Good morning, gentlemen. And the sun is shining. Isn't it grand? Yes. Listen, I don't know. We can't I'm, see the sun where we are. I, we heard I about it. I can't. That's why I'm telling you. I'm trying to tell you that something you. good. Thank anyway, you. Um, I am concerned about other people collecting ballots and just, you know, call me a cynic, but I can imagine for some folks who go out and collect these ballots, uh, you would have a conundrum about whether to turn all of them in, in good faith. If you felt you could predict for which party this ballot might go, you might be tempted not to turn it in and in that way pervert the election. Mm-hmm. Possibly. So I, yep. I don't. I think it should just go from the voter's hand right into the machine, and or for those who cannot make it to the polling place through the postal system. I don't believe that they can are predictive of that. But I think an individual who's an activist who goes out and collects them and is predicting, as we've heard with all this redistricting, you know, this community is largely Republican. This community is largely Democrat. These people are all black. These people are all green that they might be tempted to not turn in ballots that are going against the person that they want. To collect them up, oh, so helpfully, but not actually. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, that, that is something to be concerned about, yeah, I think. You can't do that in Pennsylvania. You can't even mail your spouse's ballot in the U.S. mail. I think that's appropriate. I mean, don't we want to assure that the, the integrity of the election, right? We don't should. we want to be able to look at each other and go, uh, you know, Mark, you you have uh, vehemently believed, vehemently espoused that you think that uh, it was a legitimate election, that everything was okay. On the I other never hand, said any such thing. Never said any such thing. Oh, sorry. I thought you did. I've anyway. talked about the fact that uh, Governor Wolf changed the playing field. I just said there's not enough of these little changes uh, if that election rules were changed on either side to change the outcome. I see. Well, and and maybe in, in talking about that, we all talked past each other about that. I, there were people who said, I know that there were illegitimate things that happened, and then there were people who dismissed that. No, there weren't. That kind of stuff doesn't go on here in America. And then, uh, wonder of wonders, illegitimate things were shown to have happened. Like, there were ballots that were thrown in the trash, I think. There were people who were not... Uh, American citizens who voted. There were people who were registered to vote. I was fascinated. I came across this article. PennDOT inadvertently registered tens of thousands of people through the voter registration system who weren't even U.S. citizens. <laughs> voted, registered them to vote because they put in that system. And then someone exposed this 
right? And I'm talking 70,000, the article said 70,000 people were registered to vote in Pennsylvania who were not American citizens. Wow. Now, the argument was made this was a government foul-up, right? And that, uh, and they turned around and they corrected it. And it was uh, an inappropriate question order in filling out the form caused this to happen. But so the argument, what I'm saying is there are mistakes that occur. There are untoward things that happen. Maliciously or non-maliciously, let's not go there. Wouldn't we all want an electoral system in which we can look each other in the eye and say at the end of the day that it was legitimate? No matter what, we, can, we are all assured of one thing, that it was a legitimate election. Yeah, that'd be nice. And well, that's one of the reasons voter ID is uh, s- certainly going to have to happen in some way. But we do need help for people that have trouble getting IDs. That's all. And that's a uh, tiny well, percentage. You know, here in Pennsylvania, Mark, you can go to the PennDOT office and get an ID even if you're not a driver, even if you have no intention right. of driving. Nope, you can I'm go aware there of that. But it's onerous. ID. It's onerous to require them to actually go there. What that's documents do you have to need to have? We had people call the show and say, you know, I tried to get an ID for my parents. We couldn't get it. We didn't have their birth certificates, so we went to the driver's that's license the center. They ID. said, no, that's no, this is just a standard photo ID that isn't a driver's license. You have to have certain documents that they couldn't produce, so they took them a great deal of uh, additional work. But then eventually, I think is the moral of the story was he was eventually able to get it. But we know of individuals who just have trouble finding birth certificates, getting them. Uh, maybe the hospital didn't have them. I don't know. Maybe they're, I'm speculating, maybe they were born at home. But we just need to help people get the ID. That's all. There has to be somebody like the Department of County Elections has to say, okay, you're a county resident. You say that's true. You have an electric bill that says this. Uh, prove that you live there or something, and then we'll help you get an, a voter ID. That's all I say is that we need to prove that the person is a U.S. citizen and that they live at X address within the precinct. And then we can have well, all the ID you want. Right. The thing I find troubling, what bothers me in all of the registration system, the whole I see, is that you only sign that paper, cross your heart and hope to die, that you are a U.S. citizen. <laughs> there is now, a, 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 in this day and age, there are databases, there are proofs, right, outside of your, of your signature that you are a U.S. citizen. But they don't use that. Mm-hmm. They just rely on the fact that you're telling the truth. And should it turn out that you were lying, then in some states you're prosecuted. But you, and I mean, I just read one yesterday because I was changing my registration again. And, you know, it goes on with this. You understand that this is a sworn affidavit, that you're swearing that you really are a U.S. citizen and you are who you say you are. That's it. Nobody goes back and checks. It's not like Real ID where they go back against databases to be assured that you are who you say you are. Mm-hmm. And that's troubling to me. I think that's Oops. a whole. All it's right. troubling because, as I've said before, there are millions of people legitimately in this country who have no right to vote. They're guests here. They are green card holders, but they have no legitimate right to vote. And I want my government to show me how they make sure that none of those people vote. Show me how you do that. Well, they can't because they don't. All right. We've got to hit the, the road. Problem. Yeah. Thank you so much, Cindy. Thanks Thank for you. calling in. I actually right. have the list here of things required to get a photo ID in Pennsylvania. If you All right. We're we going to talk about break. that very shortly here on WKOK. 
There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Joe, you have a clip yeah, in front of you. Among the things that you have to get is you have to have a completed form requesting a photo ID. You have to bring along two proofs of residency that, that you live where you say you live. That can include somebody uh, who lives with you coming along with their driver's license or identification they have swearing that you live there or mm-hmm. bills, things like that. You know, So it's not onerous, but... If you want to, if you want proof that you are who you say you are, you sh- do have to present some proof. I shouldn't be able to just walk in and say, "Hi, I'm Irma Glotz. I'd like a photo ID." Should okay. I? That's fine. I'm just saying we have to help people to do that. For some people, let's say it's just one percent of well, the how, people how would do we have help trouble them? doing. How do we this. help them? Well, you have to make sure they can get to the driver's license center. So maybe you could have sort of a satellite Zoom set up, uh, you know, at the local. Oh, so county. they have a computer, but they don't have a car. Where they can a satellite Zoom center. Where if you would <laughs> let me finish, they could go to the local courthouse or uh, maybe a government <laughs> office and zoom so in. So what's the difference the between going there or going to a vote to the uh, driver's license center? Explain that that to me. If you can walk to the courthouse, but you can't drive to the driver's license I live in Sealands Grove. Can I walk to the courthouse in Middleburg? Nope. You have to (laughs) zoom in. All right. Enough said. Uh, Dr. Oz campaigned yesterday. I said recently on the radio that he's not campaigning in Pennsylvania, but he's been to the farm show and he was up in Old Forge in front of supporters yesterday. So he is campaigning now. This is News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury.